This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. And Hutchie, we're having a, another go as we speak at the use of Clubhouse. Yes, we are. So we're recording this Tuesday morning. It'll drop, I guess, Wednesday, Jane will. It's our questions. But uh, we've got plenty of questions here that everyone has sent in on Twitter. But we've got a big Clubhouse community building. James and Jeremy and Matthew and Callum and Ari and Matt and Luke and Mark and beyond and Mark are all in the room. So raise your hand if you've got a question and we'll try and get you in among our pre-prepared questions, Damo, if you want to start us off. All right, we'll start off with Adrian Sell on Twitter. Craig, can you please explain the SEN exit of Jack Heverin? He was a super talent, and I would agree with Adrian assessing Jack Heverin as that. I agree, absolutely. So we were, we were very disappointed to lose Jack from uh, the evening show, from the Sporting Capital and from Time On, so we well, once again offered Jack that opportunity, and he didn't want to do it on a full-time basis, so he has plenty of other interests away from us, including NBL commentary and other areas, so we respect that. He still works for us on a freelance basis. He was up doing the bowls, I think last year, last weekend, just gone. So he'll you'll hear him in our world from time to time along the way. But very disappointed because he has had a great connection to radio audiences. Very very good broadcast. Uh, do we want to go to Clubhouse? Are you Matthew you to... Haig is online and wants to ask a question and has raised his hand. Hi Matthew. G'day, Namo Hutchie. Uh, Hutchie, just wondering um, how come the AFL haven't tried. You know, to do an exhibition game um, in the US, you know, they tried it back in England and London back in the day. Just wondering how come we haven't tried to tap that market. G'day, Matthew. I would think it's been economic, so it's very difficult to fund those opportunities these days. And obviously COVID's been another whole layer of that. But generally speaking, they're lost leaders, so that mm. you can't cover your cost of going to, to London or the, UK, or, uh, the US. The AFL probably doesn't have full buy-in to globalising the sport. It's a distant priority. It likes to think it is, but it doesn't. And it is a frustration of mine, Matthew. It sounds like, by the way, Matthew, you're on the tractor at the moment. Whereabouts are you listening to us? Yeah, I'm on the uh, on the sprayer, mate. we got to do our <laughs> seeding program here. I mean, uh, me and you, Western Australia, it's about... <laughs> 100k south of Gerald. Love it. Magnificent, Matthew. Thanks Love for it. joining us while you're spraying <laughs> it on the tractor. And, of course, these days, the phones and uh, and radios in your, in your tractor, Damo. Magnificent. So there you go. Um, we'll with Clubhouse, aren't you? Yeah, please raise your, raise your hand if you've got a question. In the meantime, keep going, Damo. Okay. It's good seeing you're controlling that iPad uh, unusually well, given its technology. Well done. Uh, Lee Jones on Twitter. Thoughts on Andrew Dimitrio on Footy Classified. Recently declared to be a director of Crown Melbourne, to be not able to do that, and lambasted by a judge for uh, using sheets at an inquiry, add something else to the resume. I'm just going off script here a little bit, Hutchie. There's a few accusations here I'm not prepared to to raise, but I I get Lee's point. Uh, And then Lee also raises another name, um, Grant Thomas, comparing Andrew Demetrio to... It was a a left-field choice, wasn't it, to, to sit on the entire show last Wednesday... Of footy classified. Did you have a problem with it? I didn't see it. Yep. I did want to. Um, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just that, yeah, it was, it was an unusual choice. He mustn't have said I, anything on air because I didn't see. I didn't see one well, headline no, out of it. He did because he nominated about six potential successes to Gill, and that got some good media oxygen oh. for the next day. So Who, who's he got at the top? He had. We had about four CEOs in the in among the contenders. Okay. Uh, of Clubland, and then he obviously had um, Travis Old and Andrew Dillon among his internals. So okay. I, I thought it was a, a great decision to have him on because he's naturally interesting and he's very quotable, and it's a footy show. It's yeah. not, and what, whatever his role was in the Crown board and how that worked is, is irrelevant to footy fans, and 
who were we to sit in judgment on whether it was good, bad or indifferent. So I had no problem with it. Chris is in Clubhouse, and Chris has been kind enough to raise his hand. Hi, Chris. Thanks, Sachin. Um, just a question regarding the announcement of team selections this year. Um, I know as a fan, I'm getting incredibly frustrated at the sort of dribbling out of it uh, on a number of levels. But as a, like a, I guess from a content perspective, are you missing that sort of you know, Thursday 6 to 8 p.m. block of being able to really get through the teams? Because I just feel like we're lacking something this year with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree as, as a consumer. Um, it was brought in because of the change in the scheduling that was um, forced upon the game by COVID last year. And clubs who needed to play games within four and five day breaks at occasions just simply couldn't present a, a team two days out prior to that game starting. So I get the reasons for it happening last year. The old-fashioned footy lover and follower in me love the tradition of, of the Thursday night teams. I mean, we, we know that they often weren't um, reflective of how the team would actually look, particularly those games for, for, for Sunday um, consumption. But I, I'm with you. I, I, I like and I would hope that at some stage there is consideration given to the, the naming of teams in its traditional slot. I'm with you. I think they missed a trick. I think the clubs have got too much power again and they need to tell the clubs this is how it's going to be and this is when you're naming your team. Paul is in our clubhouse chat room at the moment. We're recording this live in the clubhouse as we take your questions on the sounding board for Drinkwise. Go, Paul. Uh, hello. Have you got me this week? Uh, I, I, you couldn't hear me last week. Can you hear me this week? You were the first one in last week, Paul, and our, unfortunately your, your enthusiasm for us and our ability to understand the tech were two different things at the time. <laughs> uh, fire away, Paul. Okay, so uh, Russell Jackson followed up his uh, uh, award-winning article on Robbie Muir with another one on Rod Owen, uh, which included uh, some information there about uh, abuse uh, in the, the Little League competition. And I've seen Russell himself uh, write a couple of uh, follow-up articles. Uh, that started three weeks ago. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Daily Mail is the only other um, outlet to actually cover that. And I'm not sure whether Damien can actually um, give us some insight into what the internal conversations were at, uh, at, at the AFL uh, website. Uh, but uh, what, what would the conversations be at other footy um, outlets about whether to cover uh, that particular story and uh, child abuse allegations in general. Yeah, look, it's it's a it's a massive, um, big picture question you, you've posed here. Sorry, was it James? It was Paul. Paul, sorry, Paul. Um, and and apologies for last week's issue. I, we did see, I think, your question, or someone asked a similar question on um, on the written form for last week. Look, we, we I, I didn't discuss it. Um, I don't know whether I can't kind of speak for everyone in in my organisation claiming to speak speak about it. Clearly, it hasn't been published anywhere else, or I haven't seen it like you any anywhere else. It's up to the individual organisation. To, to make that that call, it, it's not a story for every single outlet. Now, the seriousness of it, and, and I made sure I read it um, after I, after I was pointed oh, out. I to haven't it. read it. I actually hadn't heard that it, it had happened. I, yeah, I, he's doing some great work. Amazing in this work. Space. Amazing. What, what was your takeaway from having? Uh, it was it was harrowing. It was, it was har- a harrowing. It was read. Yeah, read. and, and yeah. We'd, we'd known um, and James to James's point, we'd, we'd known a, a, a version of the the Rod Owen story. I mean, he was a, a prodigy as a kid. He, he kicked five goals. I think as a 60, 16 or seventeen year old with his wrong foot at one stage. So. Um, but I, again, I had no understanding or awareness of, of the issue that, that uh, Russell Jackson wrote about there. But again, I wouldn't. I don't know whether you're asking it as a judgment of other media outlets to, to not pick it up um, because of its seriousness. But but certain stories are not for every single platform in media. Just because they're impactful. Um, it, look, if you look at um, the but current but affairs when you shows, say that, well, expi- explain that, please. Because okay, well, well, well not every lot, sto- the, not every the story out there would say this deserves. 
this deserves a bigger platform than the one it was given, other than just the republication. Yeah, but, but but only the people who who run the respective organisations and and okay, put yourself in the in the editor role of the Herald Sun, of the the Courier Mail, of the Australian newspaper of other outlets and head of channel 9 head of channel 7 head of channel 10 they've made a decision to, to not run that story on their on their platform it's it's a it's a very hard story to tell in in a, in a bite-sized piece to which we refer to Hutchie, when it comes to tv news it's it's a hard story to tell in a newspaper full stop without the work that russell jackson has now but done on every single time he puts his name to a piece what we will do is we will re publish the link to it in our soundboard that's, that's a good idea twitter feed so those who who can go and and or those, well, we'd encourage everyone to go and read it. And I'll do the same. I haven't read it, and uh, I think it's the right, absolutely the yep. best thing for us all to do. Joel O'Reilly is in our clubhouse chat room. G'day, Joel. Hey, boys. My question is: um, the Anzac Day game was significantly more entertaining than the rest of the games on the weekend. Does the AFL direct the clubs to make sure they play a bit more of an entertaining brand because there's so many people, so many more people watching that particular game? No. No, it, it doesn't, and it, and it, it can't. I mean, the two coaches ultimately determine how a game is, is played. I, I'd agree with you. I, I thought it was a fantastic game for, uh, for for a matchup that had both teams being one win, four losses to that point of the season. I, I loved every kick of it. Watched it from from go to woe. There, were, I think there were some other good games on the weekend, but no, there's never ever an official edict. The, the AFL is on record now saying it has wanted to jazz the game up. That's why it's brought in this rule change of this year, which has certainly helped it, but there have been other games where the coaches have, unfortunately, got hold of their, their traditional ways, and that is to uh, to stifle play. And I, I would say this, Joel, you've sparked a question from me to Damo. How did you get the crowd so wrong on the weekend? A, a few people have mentioned this to me on Twitter. You were emphatic last week. Not even a question. Yeah, this sums Richmond. you up. I think I have seen a question on this sheet saying that I did say that. I, I, I don't ever... No, you did. I, mean, I, I thought that was going to be the case. Yeah, yeah I you was. thought Melbourne Richmond was going to win easily. And I, I you're 24,000 out. Yeah, well, I was, Hutchie. That's a, that's a long way out, don't <laughs> It's a crowd estimation, Hutchie. How could you how could you have been as wrong? You were, you're almost dismissive. Here it is. Here it is. I've just found it. Uh, Sterling... Moncrief on Twitter, after I, as in me, nearly declared it immoral last week that the Saturday night crowd would be larger than Sunday's crowd. Why was there such a 22k difference? An underestimation of the power of the Pies-Dons support or an overestimation of the Dees Tigers? Surely the, the debate's over now. Or C, Damo just has no idea about crowds. <laughs> Maybe all three. Maybe all three. But uh, yeah, I, I did get that wrong, Hutchie. I did get that wrong. I think um, that everyone misunderestimates still the power of Anzac Day. And the Essendon fans were there in, in force on Sunday, which yeah. I haven't been able to see. It was the first time Essendon had played at the MCG in front of crowds. Maybe they're dropping off Richmond, For a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, I thought Saturday night might have had a few more than it did. But that's the way it goes. We are out of time. That's been a bit of fun on Clubhouse. Uh, please, thank you, oh, thank you, everyone, for your questions and, and the huge group that joined our community. Will... There's a heap there, Hutchie. Again, I still don't claim to know how this works, but there, I can see a heap, a heap of faces on that. If you're right. choosing to get on the clubhouse, make sure you drink wise while you do, and we'll see you. We'll speak to you next week on the main body demo. This is series whatever episode what. Series uh, six, episode thirteen, and and the thawing of you as discussed I'm in the main body of I'll the standing board this week has begun. I'm open for any thawing opportunities anyone's got out there. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo for DrinkWise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Join Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin for their weekly podcast, Don't Shoot the Messenger. 
filled with their insights into the latest news and a little sport, good local tips and plenty of recommendations on what they're reading, watching and whipping up in the kitchen. I mean, I personally sort of reached saturation point where every product that was marketed towards me was telling me it's going to make me look younger and, you know, remove my wrinkles and make me more popular and it's like, no. Can I tell you, we're sitting here at 60, none of that works. (laughs) I've got so much. Like, you go through 20, 25 years of really achieving nothing away from work and then you end up with you know, a partner, two kids and two dogs. Like, you get, like, five big inclusions into the side. Like, pretty amazing for me. Shallow, manipulative snake oil salesman. Didn't take long for the first snake oil joke at our house. Either, did it? <laughs> it just rolled <laughs> off my tongue. You'll find the Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast on the SEN app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks to Red Energy, 100% Australian electricity and gas.